0: Hey, this is episode 126 of the Collector's Quest podcast. You know what we've been talking about a lot this summer is First Prince, because that's kind of going crazy right now. You know what kind of no one has ever talked about? The first Norwegian print of Super Mario Brothers, or the first German print of Super Mario Brothers, or the first Canadian print of Super Mario Brothers. Because Super Mario Brothers originally came out in Japan, which I've brought up on the show a couple times before. So we're going to be talking about the concept of editions and prints as it relates to book collecting and video game collecting, and some thoughts on that. So please, Johnny wants you to go to iTunes and give us five stars. I'm pretty cool either way. I'm cool, but Johnny wants you to. And really, it would mean a lot for Johnny if you did this. Here's music. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny here with Stefan. What's going on, guys?
1: You know, uh, not much.
2: Somebody in my neighborhood just found a tarantula.
1: <laughs> tarantula Such on tarantula. next door.
0: Your neighborhood I, uh, community. I get
2: I get really weird community updates like that around here. This your goat, bro? Yeah. Is this is this your goat? <laughs> that that was awesome. found also, a goat. Also, Someone also come claim a, him. It's also a real real community update. By me, it's usually security footage of people breaking into houses by me, which is really exciting. Or like every single time there's like a car backfire or any loud noise or anything, I get an email that says gunshots (laughs) because because no one (laughs) knows in a real good area. No, that's the thing is like there isn't any gunfire in this neighborhood. And so because no one has ever heard a gunshot, they think everything is a gunshot.
1: Loud blammy noises, all guns.
0: So
2: many guns.
0: We need gunshot noise thing reform.
1: Okay, let's never go by that subject ever again. Moving (laughs) on.
2: Uh,
0: So today we're going to talk about something that doesn't matter, Canadian variants.
1: Yeah, girl. Look, I know all of you have been super into these first prints, but I think we have thrown around North American first print pretty loosely Because Canada is a whole big place and it's part of North America. And what about them Canadian editions, bro?
0: Dude, you guys like circle seals? How about having two circle seals and a Mattel logo, which is basically like a third circle seal?
1: Oh, shit. Also,
2: Canada, like, sticker sealed everything forever so enjoy yeah,
0: yeah their stuff just sticker steal if you get like an early print run Mario you just steal one of those stickers off like a Super Mario Brothers 3 that you get for 10 bucks and Guess slap it on there done. it's probably worth oh like my 20 God. grand now
2: we should probably not give that advice actually oh, oh no, that's, that's been art. out
0: there people know <laughs> people that's gonna happen
2: right people after you right after you sharpie your black boxes <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> just move all your stickers around they're just stickers <laughs> <laughs> I want someone uh, to do that for like a heavy barrel. Just like put a sticker sealed heavy barrel uh, on eBay.
1: Like, oh, here you go. Anyways, Tyler, is that really what we're talking about today?
0: Oh, no, we're not talking about Canadian variants because, like I said, uh, no one cares about Canada. Uh, what we are talking whoa. about. Whoa. Well, it's true. Uh, we're talking about I care something about that. Collector's Quest cares about Canada. We're <laughs> sorry to our three Canadian listeners. Well, two forgive Canadian us but you're now. used to being the butt of jokes by
2: Americans.
1: I I don't Fair. is America really in a place to be making jokes about anyone?
2: No, and I don't think that's true anymore. That hasn't been true since like South Park.
1: Yeah. I think you're recycling old humor and I haven't moved on.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, I get okay. it. Maybe North Carolina just hasn't got new jokes yet.
0: We are kind of stuck in the 17th century down here. So uh Want to get back into politics? Also you're no. like 80. I'm yeah. like, e- e- I can. Canada can't you is see- the butt of jokes. Is this?
1: <laughs> can't you see? Tell right like,
0: on my Instagram story if you think Canada is sometimes the butt of jokes. All right. So uh, hold uh, on, hold
1: on, Stefan, Tell me if you can see it. You know those, uh, like, like golf hats, those like kind of wide brimmed, low, made of like straw golf hats. Sure. Yeah. With, like a bandana. Panama. And like yeah. A-, yeah, a Panama hat. That's it. And like uh, a Tommy Bahama shirt. Can't you see Tyler in that? Oh yeah, and like some like like straight up straight
2: up Magnum PI. uh,
1: Uh Well, I see like that, and then like pleated khakis in Tyler's future.
2: Also, I would like to point out that before the episode, I said I was looking forward to all the yelling. I thought Tyler was going to do, and he said he wasn't going to do any, and we made it three minutes and thirty seconds into the podcast before Tyler yelled. So so I'm because he's
1: old and cranky.
0: I want to apologize to Canada, but also I'm correct about Canadian jokes.
1: Tyler, are you sure you want to take a stance on being correct? I don't want to take a stance
0: on anything. Especially on this
1: episode, what we're here to cover. What the most
0: important versions of Nintendo games are.
1: Okay. So uh, I guess we can tell the people four minutes into this episode. We've already... Viewership is plummeting. No one knows what we're talking about. They were out when we said Canadian variants. We didn't get off the joke fast enough. They just left. They're like, oh my God, they're really talking about this. Then there's those four guys who are really disappointed. Now we aren't talking about Canadian variants. We're not (laughs) Uh -uh. making anyone happy. So what we're going to do is we are doing a correction episode. And that is not to correct ourselves. Well, one of us. We're going to correct one of us, but mostly to correct the Internet about first prints, because people are throwing that around pretty loosely. And I know everyone's like, oh, man, Tyler is he was right. Famicoms are the true first print. And that that's that's what we're here to talk about. Right, Tyler?
0: Uh, That is that's exactly it, Johnny. You nailed it. Hit it on the head.
1: Is there anything you might like to clarify on those, though? Because people This was this supposed world...
0: to be a microcast, Johnny. We, we were really good. This is really gonna be like a five minute episode, but I know we're gonna drag it out and it's somehow gonna be two hours. I want to talk about something that Johnny brought up to me coming from the book world being a Harry Potter collector. Uh the concept of additions versus prints, which yeah. is not something I have ever, ever seen brought up with video games.
1: Nope, because we are all novices and all incorrect here. So everyone who's saying first print this and that, they're not wrong. But Tyler, why don't you uh, why don't you give them the caveats? Why don't you explain what additions are to them?
0: All right. So I came into video games like 90 percent of people who came into video games were. I'm just buying everything because I want to play it. I got into collecting video games because the Wii Virtual Console was coming out and I'm like, I'm not paying five dollars for NES games. That's ridiculous. I just wanted to have as many NES games as I could for less than five dollars. Now, since all you people came here, and you got me thinking with a fresh mind about video game history and collecting the most historically important first video games, I see people spending $26,000 on Donkey Kong 3 for the NES, and I'm like, that's not an important version of Donkey Kong 3, the arcade cabinet is the first print, but... A version of a game, or a book, or anything, is an edition. So, for example, the first edition of 1984, or Harry Potter, was printed in the UK. So the first edition, first print, is obviously the most desirable version of Harry Potter, and that would be the Philosopher's Stone, which was released in the UK in 2001, I'm gonna say, Johnny. Nope,
1: 1997.
0: And that's worth what thirty thousand pounds or something? A lot of money. A lot of money. And is the first print of the American version worth anything? I mean, sure it is. Yeah, is it yes, worth it, a ton. Yeah,
1: it's, it's worth a ton still, but not not that much. Yeah, yeah not relative. It's but it's still very pricey.
0: So I totally understand the appeal of only collecting within your region because I totally do it. I collect ninety percent American games, ten percent Japanese games. Uh, but if you're asking me to look objectively, at what the most important the the genesis of all of these characters, it's the first edition for a lot of these the Famicom and Famicom Disk System versions, which are worthless. And I'm not saying that as a go speculate on that, because there's literally millions of them, but I'm saying in comics if you have a mint condition fourth print run of something it's not worth nearly as much as having a crappy version of the first print, because people are just laser focused on getting the first. So I think people are putting kind of a false importance on NES games. Although I do think they're cool. Still first print NES games still kind of cool. Just not $20,000 important.
1: Yeah. So uh, let me, let me come in on, on the back of that tower and just uh, succinctly wrap some of that up. So there are every edition of a game has a first print. There's a first print of Every game, there's a first, a player's choice version of a game has a first print. The original version of a game has a first print. But these are different editions. It's a different edition of the same game. So if we have the Famicom version that actually came out, that might be the, you know, chronologically first print, first edition. That's what people find most desirable. People are spending money on NES games right now. Like, the U.S. version is the first print, first edition, which is not true, and that's what Tyler takes exception to. He would like people to be looking at Famicom games. But, the Japanese version is not always the first edition, first print of a game. And there is a very good example of this, uh, a game maybe you've heard of, called Sonic 2. Sonic 2 was released in America first. So the first edition first print of Sonic is the US edition. So there's just a lot of people going on right now about man, look at my first print this or that. And they aren't they aren't wrong, but it's they talk like it's the first print first edition, which is not true. And there's a large disparity. None of these collectors are after most of the true first print first edition stuff that's uh you know on the nest because all that was Famicom stuff. And it's very hard to suss out because I don't know how many people have actually said, hey, here's what the actual first print of a game on Famicom is. I don't know how many revisions it has. Uh, I'm pretty US-centric as well. I see Famicom games. It could be a first print. It could be a seventh print. I would have no idea. I barely can tell on you know Nintendo games or Super Nintendo games. You want me to look at Famicom and figure that out? Not going to happen, and I don't know if anyone has... uh, the wherewithal, or the just internal knowledge in which to start piecing that together. So there we go.
0: So that's kind of what I love, because I love when there's an opportunity to go and do something in game collecting. And if there are people out there who are thousands, tens of thousands of dollars interested in owning the very first American print of a game, then those people should also be interested in sussing out What's the actual first Famicom Disk System appearance of Samus in Metroid? Like, I have no idea. I don't even know if there is a variant of Famicom Disk System Metroid, but that's obviously something that hasn't been looked into nearly as much as the American library. I doubt it's documented anywhere besides maybe some obscure Famicom forum post from 2002. Like, if you are that interested in finding the genesis of these characters, you have to find it and tell us about it. And this is something I found a lot. So I looked into book collecting a little bit. And a lot of the YouTube videos and stuff that I was looking at, it was how to determine and how to search for a first edition, first print of a book. Because there's really obvious ones. Harry Potter, 1984. Like books that everybody wants, obviously, you could just go look it up. But if you're trying to find your favorite book and you don't actually know what the first edition, first print is just by looking at it, it tells you how to look for it and kind of I feel like no one's doing that, because no one
1: actually cares. So how do you guys feel about this, when people say this is the first print Nintendo Donkey Kong, or whatever, uh, Metroid Castlevania, do you, because it's a different system, do you care? Like, because it's not like the Nintendo, like, it's not the NES, the Japanese NES one, it's, you know, the Famicom. Do you feel any, is there a divide because of the labeling of systems, do you feel? I mean... It doesn't matter. There's first edition, first prints of games on different systems. You know, Final Fantasy 7 has, you know, the first print, first edition is on the PlayStation 1. But there's going to be a new edition on all the new consoles when the remake come out. Um, how do you feel about just this, the system moniker changing it? Does that change anything for you? Do you think that changes the mind of collectors?
2: I, I mean, I, I think it's it, 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 there's an agreed upon desirability. Right when you when you look at these consoles, like uh, let's take Call of Duty for instance. Um, that so there was there was a post on Instagram recently where the uh, the guy was showing a black label copy, uh, sealed black label copy of, of Call of Duty on the Xbox. Without question, uh, the PC version of that game is going to be your first print. Like if you're talking about like first edition, first print. So, but there's a sort of agreed upon thing where pc is generally less desirable so it's it's it is kind of like shoved to the corner i went and looked and i found a first print first edition of call of duty on the pc and it was like sitting on ebay for a dollar right no one cares at all um so it, it comes down to again the uh, sort of agreed upon desirability if for whatever reason the uh, the first print first edition of Super Mario Brothers on the Famicom was everyone agreed was the more desirable copy then yeah there would be a premium put on that but as long as as this collection uh, or the collecting scene has sort of decided that for you know far and away that the American sets are the most desirable I, I certainly don't really care about a, a, an alternate territory being um, an earlier edition
0: yeah i don't i don't personally think about it in desirability although because people put so much importance on the desirability because of the historical relevance of a character that's kind of why i'm like well why don't we go to the real first thing of this like people s- try to sell sticker sealed gyromites for like two thousand dollars if you go on ebay there's literally like four gyromites on there that are over a thousand dollars i think a sticker-sealed Gyromite literally has a Famicom cartridge in it with an adapter. It's like, they took this thing that was... There's a billion copies of them over in Japan that already exist, and there's just an adapter in it, and this is the one that came out in America. So, I mean, I totally get, like, NES games are always going to be worth more than Famicom games. Like, even if even if <laughs> if we convince uh, ten people who are really way into buying up all the first print stuff they'll never be able to buy all the famicom games unless somebody susses out some super rare first print thing. So I, I know that it's never going to flip flop value wise. I'm just uh I'm just giving my opinion based on uh giving video games a fresh look from this perspective. And as far as Johnny said, does the the console thing matter? I mean, no cuz I think that like in the 8-bit era when everything is on a different computer or a very similar kind of console like all the different releases are kind of different editions of the game and once you like go and re-release it who cares we can we're gonna have a whole episode we, we have to have a whole episode on why you shouldn't collect remakes and remasters because they're garbage but uh we'll save that for that episode
1: are they all garbage they're
0: all garbage why would anyone collect a remake or a remaster stop it guys limited run games like what you're gonna buy Turok is coming out I think in two days from when we're recording like why would you buy the n64 games of Turok on switch just to keep them sealed yeah on your shelf buy Turok on pc or n64
2: why why would you buy the reprints of all the star wars games right guys
1: yeah, Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah, Tyler. Well,
0: so, all right, <laughs> that's a dumb thing I do, and I admit it, but I have never bought a limited run game without buying the real copy of it first, even if I buy the real copy the day before the limited game run game comes out.
1: But why would you buy it to begin with? You just told people not to do that. Yeah, don't do it. So why did you do it?
0: You're You're allowed to have a less collectible version if you already have a cheaper, more collectible version because you're just that into Star Wars which I'm not. I Shut know, up they're... Johnny. This isn't attack Tyler on his bad buying habits episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <It's> a... <laughs> I did want to I did want to go back to something Tyler was talking about earlier, you know, people want or people should want to go and do research to figure out, you know, first edition first prints or like the various printings of a game. I think it ties directly into the value of said title or said console you know said set like one thing that i'm seeing a lot of right now out of the speculator crowd is them considering a black label game which is just a common way of saying the the first printing of uh or the first edition of a game on a modern console by and large like xbox gamecube those are all black label games they're just settling for the black label game being the quote unquote first print when that is almost 100% not the case or, or rather there are multiple printings of the black label game uh, but nobody, I think they're getting real lazy because they're speculating on these games that are currently worth $5 or less or $10 or less. And so there's, a, there's no drive, there's no monetary drive. And right now, like it or not, a lot of the scene is being driven monetarily. Uh, there's no monetary drive for these people to do the research. They're just happy to go the lazy route and be like, oh, this is the black label, so it must be the first print when that's very seldom true.
1: Well, I, I think... I don't want to say lazy, because I, I don't know if that is correct. I think uninformed... The the whole... the This whole, like, new wave of collectors... And I actually hesitate to call them collectors, even though they are acting as collectors. I think we need to delineate a little bit. I'm a collector, but I'm not an investor. A lot of these are, in, like, investment collectors. Yes, I agree you are collectors, but I think they're siding more on investment. So... From now on, I'm going to try to refer to that crowd as investors, and I don't say that in a negative way. That's not that's not me mad at anyone or or like oh, I can't believe it. You know, it used to be gamers versus collectors. Now it's gamers versus collectors. Now it feels like collectors versus investors, and and gamers have just been like, "Peace out, guys. We're we we can't even. We've got mini consoles in- now. Uh, this yeah. is too <laughs>
0: stupid for us. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. They just pieced out of this mother and said, nope. So I'm not here to battle anyone. You should collect or invest however you see fit, whether I agree with it or not. Uh, I will give my advice because there's a podcast where we do that, but feel free to disregard. Anyways, I feel like the new investor crowd, they are enacting on collecting like we did when we first got into the hobby. What did you first buy when you got into the hobby? You bought your Mario's, your Zelda's, your Castlevania's, your Metroid's. Like, that's what you bought. That's just, you were like, yeah, this is the good stuff. Let me buy that. And now (laughs) the investors came in and they're new and they might have some nostalgia or no nostalgia, but these are the stuff, when everyone says, what are the best games? Those are the games that fall out of their mouth. So they're just targeting this stuff. So they're like, oh, black box game. So I think some of it, you said lazy. I think it's just maybe uninformed, where it's like a false equivocation of, oh, black label must mean first print and it's not that a black label doesn't mean first print it's just there's more nuance to that because collecting in the modern world uh not collecting today but collecting for modern consoles is uh as we've said before a nightmare and not advised right Uh, you know it's not for the light or not for the faint of heart or uh you know someone without all the space in the world because that's pretty much what it takes to collect ps3 and beyond
2: I agree with all that. I just I still think that the, a lot of it has to do with value proposition, right? Like you you aren't going to find people who have want to dedicate the the amount of time it would take to figure out all of the printings of metal arms on the Xbox um until there's a until there's a monetary incentive for them to do so, right?
1: Well, I mean, all of collecting to a point is a value proposition, so I don't disagree with you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Right? So, anyways, that, that's that's my stance on that. Do we have anything else we want to clarify on the first print, first edition? No, Tyler has some other points he wants to get to.
0: Uh, No, I mean, just, uh, obviously I have my own perspective on this, and I think if you're interested in this from the historical perspective, you should probably either, one, put in the work to find the real thing you want to collect, or just, you know, don't let other people tell you what the most important thing to collect is, uh, like the Wada Black Box Guide. The fantastic Wada Black Box Guide, but that is not the Bible on how to collect video games. And I, I check this out. I've got a comic anecdote here, guys. Oh, no. Uh, but I might have already made it before. <laughs> but I was talking about um, Eric, Excite by Games, uh, because I was looking into books and stuff. And so one of the hottest comic books is Hulk 181, the first full appearance of Wolverine. It's like, you know, prices are all over the place. I'm going to say on average, it's like a $5,000 book. And the one before it, Hulk 180, is the first appearance of Wolverine. In the last panel, it's like Wolverine standing there. And it says like in the big bold letters, like Wolverine. And I went to Eric and I'm like, Eric, why? Why is Hulk 181 worth five times what Hulk 180 is? And Hulk 180 is kind of seen as like the poor man's Hulk 181. I'm like, Hulk 180 is the first appearance of Wolverine. Like Hulk one eighty one, cool. That's the Wolverine story. But if I want the history, like Hulk one eighty is the one I want. And obviously, like the entire comic book world disagrees with me because there's the thousands of dollar price difference between the two. But I wouldn't have let that sway me if I was the biggest Wolverine fan in the world. I would own both of them, but the one I would prioritize personally would be Hulk one eighty. So there's my comic book analogy.
1: I agree, and I think there's an an interesting game we can we can talk about. That's might be in the same situation, and that's Super Mario Land 2. Because Super Mario Land 2 is the first real appearance of Wario, right? But Super Mario Land 3 is called Wario Land, and people think, oh, this is where Wario came from. And traditionally, Wario Land is more expensive than Super Mario Land 2.
0: I think that's probably just because god damn are there a lot of copies of super mario lent too
1: well yeah i I mean it could be a little bit of that too but uh you know i think we could fall into the same thing where people if if gaming ever gets to the point where people are like i'm looking for first editions of characters then um you i think we could see the same kind of stuff happen
0: oh yeah we're gonna have like the first full appearance and the first cameo appearance oh my god it's gonna be great
2: Also, I don't want to dissuade people from leaning on subject matter experts, right? Like, I do think that that's an important part of the process and research. I think the problem is that there's people who are consulting subject matter experts or people that they perceive as subject matter experts, and then that's it, right? And so, and 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 I think a lot of these people uh, who were who have been subject matter experts are now being like thrust upon. Like, people are taking their Word as gospel on things that they might ne- not necessarily be sure about, um, and uh, and people are running into trouble that way. So, it, like, there's, there's, it's nothing wrong with with consulting a subject matter expert, but but also be willing to then do your own research on top of that. Don't just be like, oh, well, so and so said this is the first print of Sonic One, so it must be true, um, which is which is totally happening right now.
0: <laughs> K Thrower said the one. With the text at the bottom is well, there's two with the text at the bottom. Oh my god. The
1: And I was pending. talking
0: with Hyrule Vise and he was like, Well, logically, I think the one without the text at the bottom. Come on, guys.
1: Yep. The the world is a crazy place. So let's uh let's not look at Sega because Sega Who cares? Gets, uh, Sega gets Probably. everything weird. So um don't look there. It'll just be sad. Anyways, Tower, you got more points that you want to move on to, other stuff you want to address. Um, As we're talking about investors in this episode and uh, some of the things that maybe investors are looking at and uh, that aren't going the way they should uh, in that spirit tower, take it away.
0: Well, I I wanted to talk about numerical print runs because this is something that Heritage Auctions has started doing. Uh, They will say like, this is a Mike Tyson's third print run. And you know, like, okay, the Black Box games, early NES games, they have been studied to death. That is why they constantly come up on the show, because in terms of the stuff we've been talking about lately, they are like the studied thing in video game collecting. But if you look at Wada's spreadsheet, which Johnny Ayuchi corrected and made better and sent back to them, well, they didn't really correct it, but you fixed the formatting.
1: Yeah, I fixed it. I don't know if they uploaded it yet, but I did totally fix the formatting for them. So I can host that if someone doesn't want to look at the Nightmare Factory that is their spreadsheet.
0: (laughs) So for things like the Black Box games, where there's a very clear progression of how things progressed, they're like, oh, this TM turned into an R, this code appeared here, and you kind of see that throughout all the games. As you hit the last known print of a game, there's kind of this area where it's like, these games might exist, and then there's, if you go later down the timeline, there's these games probably don't exist so you can number the known variants you can say like okay these are prints one through seven but what if we find the print nine and there's no print eight so does that get labeled as the ninth print and there's a theoretical eighth print or is that now the eighth print and when you have to emblazon this kind of information onto uh, a graded game label i i really don't like it and then there's also like how much of a change does there have to be to be a different print run And if it was a book, it's super obvious. Like if there's a change, it's it's on the it's it's the inside flap. It'll tell you this is a new printing with games. There is just so much, so much information about print runs that we have just no idea. We know the black box stuff because there are people who have literally just bought them all and stared at them forever. But uh, just most games, we have no idea. I I, let's Pikmin's going to be my example. I'm just going to keep bringing up Pikmin. No one knows what the first print of Pikmin is. If there is one, how are we going to, are we just going to say Black Label is the first print, Greatest Hits is the second print. I don't like it.
1: What I, I can it? tell you what the first print of Pikmin is. Shut up, Johnny. I can because I bought it on release day.
0: Oh, all right great take uh, high quality pictures so are we going to have to go to that is it going to be like we're going to have to start crowdsourcing this information with people who are 100% sure they bought it on day 1 and they're just going to take like high res scans of all their stuff
1: i mean isn't that kind of some of the way the nintendo stuff got figured out
0: i mean like the old yeah, but-
1: stuff so yes <sighs> or i mean we're also going to have pictures of advertisements uh, whoa later on in the future like in the current gaming world we're going to have Instagram to go look back at people who bought on release. We're going to have unboxing videos. People are like, I hate unboxing videos. And I'm always like, I don't love watching them, but I'm glad they're there for the historical record.
0: I hate Instagram because it's low resolution, but like unboxing videos from like, w- w- when did that start being a thing? Like the Xbox 360 PS3 era. It's like, oh my God, there's so much information here. And these people have no idea. They're just like, check it out. I got called Duty black ops. Here's the inserts. It's like, Oh my God, the inserts. You can't find that information anywhere. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I have 100% gone to those for things that are newer. i been like, okay, does this have everything? Okay. Yeah. Moving on. And they just think they're like, Oh, I'm showing off my cool thing. And I'm like, Nope. Thank you for your valuable inf- your information. I was going to say infirmation, but that's not a word. I
2: would also be interested in a conversation around how stickering affects the print run of something or effect or whether or not it's considered a different version. Like when, uh, for the original Xbox, when they started doing platinum hits for a game, some of the, the black box or the black label versions of those games got stickers that said now available in platinum hits. And so it's, it's, is it considered now a Platinum Hit game because it's got a Platinum Hit sticker on it? Or like the uh, habit of on the uh, Switch them putting stickers on the cellophane and then eventually they just stop putting those stickers on the cellophane, but it's the same game, like, you would only be able to ever tell if the if the shrink wrap was on the game. So is that a new is that a new edition of or a new you know version of that game or a different version of that game because it's lacking the the sticker on it. Gee, Stefan, did you get a Mortal Kombat
0: Deception with uh, now available as a platinum hit sticker on it or something? Uh,
2: I also got a copy of Doom with a now available and platinum hit sticker.
0: What yeah. Doom? Not Resurrection of Evil. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for mentioning that. Oh, I can already answer your question, Stefan, because I bought it maybe a month ago. I bought Half Life, the original box of Half Life, mm-hmm. and then I bought the original box with a Game of the Year sticker on it. And if I peeled that Game of the Year sticker off, it would be the exact same game. But I wanted another copy with the sticker on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know what I do when what it's do on the do? cellophane like that? I literally cut out that piece of cellophane and I put it in with the manual
0: that is gross and weird.
2: I've got a GameCube game that I I did not do this. It came like this where the the person did it. There's a some racing game that has a a pack-in of Pac-Man and the only from the exterior, the only way that you can tell that it's got the Pac-Man pack-in is it has a sticker on the cellophane. So somebody cut out that sticker and put it in the <laughs> put it in the box. That could have been and me. There's so many
0: um Xbox variants just cuz I know a bunch about Xbox, not like everything. Shout out to Super Nintendo, who does know everything. There's like... uh, I can't even put a number on it. So many of the variants are like stickers that are on the cellophane. And I feel like since there's all of that kind of stuff out there, and since modern games are so much more common-sealed... And they don't get crushed in boxes and all that. I feel like sealed collecting is probably going to be a bigger thing with the modern consoles. So that kind of stuff will probably matter more. But, I mean, that's really anybody's guess if modern collecting will even be
1: a thing. I have a question for you guys just uh, kind of related to this. What do you guys think about rarity in the print runs now? Because just because it's the first print, that might be... People will say, oh, it's the first one, so... You know, but there might have been a million of that one, but something like a star flap, which has an ugly white oval on it, might have far less. Do you think the actual rarity or the amount printed is going to start to affect the price at all?
2: I mean, in theory, that's true, right? Because every time you print something, you're printing it again generally because you ran out of the printing before it, right? right. So, so that's why, like, on uh on the original Xbox, you know, fifty cent in platinum hits is obscenely rare and the black label version that they sold gajillions of uh is super, super common. I don't know where I was going with that, but there you go. <laughs>
1: Thanks I mean, for not answering.
0: The rare variants are kind of the things that I've I've usually been interested in because I think it's neat to have something that not a lot of other people have. I think like the Star Flap NES games that were Nintendo Power giveaways, that's like a special thing that like, those are cool to collect, just because that's, like, a, a neat thing to collect. Um, if you told me that, what are those things they put on GameCube games? They put, like, a bestseller badge on something. If there was, like, some super rare bestseller badge to Pikmin 2, ah, eh, I don't know. Probably not going to care.
1: So did I ever, I think I've said this on the podcast before. So I bought Paper Mario for the GameCube. Day one it was released. It has the bestseller or million seller mm-hmm. badge on it.
0: day one edition because i I know that exists without the badge
1: yeah and that's what like i immediately got it checked my friend's copy who also bought it his did not have the stupid badge so i don't know what the hell happened there so that that, that will also be confusing
0: they printed 100,000 copies sent them to stores it wasn't enough to fulfill demand the next print run they printed another 100,000 sent them to stores and they all got sold on day one it's possible that 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 is
2: absolutely possible
0: it's a fun
1: thing. Yeah. And but and, just I want you just to think about the implication yeah. of that uh going forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and how oftentimes the last print run of something is going to be the rarest. So the people Absolutely. who are running out and paying a kajillion dollars for their first print run when the much, 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 much cheaper eighth print is going to be much more rare.
0: No, they're doing the same thing. They do that with Mario. I think the Starflap Mario is the last print. Whatever the last print of Mario, people have been hyping up, and then also the the K through A Sonic one, people have been hyping that up.
1: But like, think about the platinum hits on Xbox. Like the print run on some of those was so small. That's why you can't find them. They're ridiculous. But the first print of it is going to be all over the place, all day, forever.
2: Wasn't there a game you wanted to talk about along these lines, Tyler? That somebody had posted. I think it was Nerdy Girl Comics had posted something where the the sealed, like second or third print of something was just sitting around while the CIB version of the first print was yeah, super expensive. It
0: was a it was a sticker seal golf sold for some amount, and that should make the fourth print or whatever print I don't know what print it was sealed copy worth that much more because it's sealed. I feel like there's there's two narratives and they compete with each other. It's either the first print stuff is important because that's first, that's the earliest appearance, or the sealed stuff is important because it's untouched. And I think I said it already, like, if you have a mint condition fourth print of a book, it's worth nowhere near what an average condition first print of the book because the first print is the one to have. So some new people came into the hobby and the two things they're interested in are sealed games and first prints. And obviously, you know, like a sealed first print would be a holy grail in that sense. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't see them both being important to the same person. And I feel like they're both important to the same people a lot. And that's just what I wanted to bring. I like I I personally you've you've convinced me, comic people. All right. I'm, I'm looking into first print stuff. I'm, I'm going back to Famicom. That's how much I'm getting interested in looking at this first print stuff. But if you have me going back there. You can go buy a new Super Mario Brothers, like, new, not new Super Mario Brothers. You can buy a brand new Famicom Super Mario Brothers, which was not sealed, so you'll never know if it's actually new, for like 200 bucks.
1: But how will you know if it's the first print, first edition? <laughs> gotta do your research, Johnny. I don't how know. How will you know? How will you know? How will I know? Yeah. I'm You're gonna ask though, or He knows. Yeah, I was gonna, gonna say, ask it, FC Gamer.
2: Ask
1: <laughs> All right.
0: No, I Cheap don't know. I mean, I'm not going to go buy, you know, 70 copies of Metroid and stare at them all and try to find differences of it. Because, you know, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much because I started gaming, or I started collecting purely to buy the games I love. Um, not as, like, this kind of historical thing. So, you know, okay. maybe one day I'll care about Famicom variants, but
1: I don't see it yet. One day, Tyler. One day. One day. All right. So, do we have anything more on these lines we want to touch on? We just... There's a lot of newness in the hobby. There's a lot of new narratives and we just kind of want to touch on a few of those. Anything else before we move on?
0: I wanted to point out that heritage auctions, I, I, again, I don't know if I brought this up on the show. They sold two different copies of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, one for a thousand dollars complete in box one for $7,000 sealed. Uh, there were two different variants. Both of them were listed as original print edition in the description uh, so somebody spent a ton of money on something that is extremely not special. Um, so don't listen to Heritage Auctions is my advice there. I don't know, but do your but own But they research. did
1: that with something else, too. Didn't they just have to pull an auction?
0: So they pulled a, a Mike Tyson. It, it, they listed it as a second print. I have no idea what it actually was. They Like, they pulled that because people complained, but, like, they still list Black Label Sonics as original print edition even though they're not specifying within the print run of the black label, there's, there's like three different variants. I think
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: part of the problem is that they've been put heritage has been put into this situation suddenly where they have to be subject matter experts on things. They are not subject matter experts on. Um, So you run into the issues like this, where they don't really actually know what they're talking about, but they're sort of forced into this situation where uh, if they don't speak with authority, then they're going to, you know, be discredited or it's, you know, so it's, uh, it's, they've, they've put themselves in a, in a very hard situation because of the uh, alacrity at which all of this has been happening.
0: Well, they can't be pulling this stuff out of thin air. They'll say like really weirdly authoritative things, like for their sealed kid Icarus, it was like less than 10 of these exist in the world. Like, wada has to be telling them that like someone who actually knows what they're talking about has to be saying that like right it can't be some guy in heritage auctions who just started selling video games a year ago it it
2: can't can it
0: dennis you listen to this show right are you telling heritage auctions what to say <laughs> how do they know their stuff is this why that guy who sounds like the guy from the office is on your website on the advisory board jim halperin got it off the top of the head
1: nailed it good job yeah
0: all right well that's just what i wanted to say okay great this is is this going to be the uh
1: the rare
0: short episode
1: this is gonna i'm be trying to just i'm not right. saying anything but you keep bringing it back up let's do it all right we're moving on second half of the show guys let's try to win collecting this week
2: it's not a half johnny you keep saying it's a half it's not the second half it's just the second part there's no way we're I'm gonna spend okay forty. About my we're not gonna week. spend another forty-two minutes on this. I'm
1: okay, saying, I'm just saying. Second half of the show, guys, everyone. Um, let's go ahead and try to win collecting. Tyler, you're feeling good, so why don't you come out hot?
0: I'm feeling good. Oh, okay, so I get. To, well, I don't get to follow Stefan. You know, what? I'll take it. Um, so I'm gonna go over all the stuff you don't care about first. Uh, oh let's, boy, Here let's go from worst to best. So all I got I Core. I lied. It's
2: gonna be a second half. <laughs>
0: I got a Septerikor, a Core, uh, big box complete with the strategy guide, which is a Final Fantasy ripoff that I think came out two years after Final Fantasy VII did. Um, but that's the one I played as a kid, so that's what I remember. I got D and Enemy Zero big box PC versions. Ew. You guys definitely don't care. The biggest <laughs> got, D, uh,
2: by the way, of all yeah. the of all the big Ds.
1: Of all the big Ds, he's got the biggest D now. That's right. It is oh the biggest God. D. We love the D joke. <laughs> We we beat that joke as hard as we can.
2: As as hard as a big D. All
1: right, go on, Tyler. <laughs> uh, You're
0: welcome. I got a big box Quake, which um, I've been searching for for like months. Like, it is unbelievably hard to find a really nice Quake. You can get a crushed one, but that's weird. And importantly, I completed my Grand Theft Auto big box PC version. What's oh, that? Five shit. big box PC games. We're coming in strong. Uh, and I also got a, a mountain bike rally speed racer cart.
1: Oh, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. You did all right, kid.
0: <laughs> uh, right, I Steph. forgot. There was a really, oh. uh, the, yeah, really good comment on Instagram. I think it was, you're on a real losing streak with collecting lately. Because I posted like System <laughs> Shock 2.
1: <laughs> oh, you can't say that about System Shock 2. Even I was like, oh, that's cool. System Shock 2.
2: Yeah. It's like not even a comment on like a podcast post though. They're just like arbitrarily telling
1: you you're doing bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, things are rough. Could be worse. Could be a pile of Xbox. Dude, games. believe <laughs> me, nothing
0: <laughs> is better than collecting something nobody cares about. That That's is good. that is the only reason collecting Xbox was ever fun, because you can get deals on everything and you can find like weird stuff that costs no money. So get into stuff no one cares about. Hot tip.
1: All right. I will. Stefan. Hi.
2: Uh, Hi, what I buy this what'd week? you buy?
1: Uh, a bunch of filler GameCube
2: stuff, that's whatever, but I did buy a fiber optic sign that I'm very excited about. Uh, is it already in your hand? It is. Ooh. What sign is it? Yeah, so CES 1990, uh, the Mattel booth had a two power glove That's signs. the
1: consumer electronics show for those who don't know. It is. These... The, it's still The around. lingo. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not game. everyone knows what CES is. That's true. So and it's uh, not like CES used to be big on video games; it isn't anymore.
2: So the Mattel booth, the Mattel booth had a back when there was a Mattel booth at CES, had two fiber optic signs that were featuring the Power Glove. So it's a kid in like a leather jacket and shades, and he's got this uh, the Power Glove on, and it's all uh, lightningy. Um, and, and they made two, and I've had one of them for quite some time, uh, but then, so when I bought my Nintendo World Championships cart, I decided to sell that sign uh, to fund that, but I got real, real sad about not having that sign anymore, because there were only two in existence, and that made me real sad, because I don't like selling things that I don't think I'm going to be able to replace. <laughs> However recently, like two weeks ago, the owner of the other sign contacted me and asked me if I wanted to buy it. So uh, I now have, well, for right this second, I do have both of them. So of the two in existence, I have both of them. But uh, the other one will be going along, along its merry way to its new owner. But uh, I'm just real pleased as punch that I was able to actually replace something I didn't think I would ever get to replace.
0: So... There's two of a thing in the world. You sold one and you just happened to buy the other one of the thing that existed. Correct. You're a real ass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs)
1: it's <laughs> so it, ridiculous so,
2: everything you do is so ridiculous it didn't actually and it wasn't planned that, that way either I actually had to uh, contact it, it made me actually feel back, uh, kind of like Je- Johnny when you and I did the, the Genesis deal where it's like you you, you know I, I bought that Genesis set and then you had another one the next day um, and, yeah. and then we were both like ooh is this is this bad optics uh, so I did contact the seller because I've been allowing him to make payments and so uh, that's why I still have the sign so in that time uh that second sign became available it was not like a oh i sold the sign so i can buy the other one for cheaper (laughs) well that's not not how that worked out it just happened he happened to be wanting to get out of sign collecting and he knew i had the other one and so uh so he asked me if i wanted to buy it and i said yes
0: this is how you become part of the secret video game illuminati when there's only two of a thing, and someone wants to get rid of one, and the person they sell it to is the person who has another one, and the public doesn't even get a chance to get it.
2: That, this that, is just
0: what I imagine happens with all the Nintendo World Championships and super high unsealed games out there.
1: Do people care? Like, I don't understand sign collecting, because I look at those and go, just, like, I guess that one's cool, but why? It just takes up a lot of space. It creates a lot of heat. Looks cool. Uh, it's like a fire hazard next to all my expensive games. No thanks. I don't see. I don't even think they all look cool. I think some of them look genuinely stupid.
2: I agree. I, I would agree with you.
1: Like I also, you guys know, I don't like the store aesthetic. I don't want to feel like I'm walking into a store when I walk into my office. So that's I think the
0: KB Toys fiber optic sign is one of the coolest ones you can have. But yeah, I don't want to feel like I'm walking into a store. But the only reason I don't have signs is because I just don't have room. If I had room, believe me, I'd get one of those fiber optic Nintendo globes of
2: which like five exist. Are, they, I was gonna say there's like five of them. <laughs> that's probably that's probably the only that's like the the second as far as like hierarchy is of value. There's the the globe at the top and then there's these uh, the the power glove signs.
0: Really? Whoa. These are these are right under the globe? That's that's
2: crazy. Yeah. I guess when are. you uh, when you have stuff that's
0: cool enough that people put it on layaway, I guess that's some pretty cool stuff.
2: Yeah, they've only been sold twice since, well, one of them's only been sold once and the other one's been sold twice since they were discovered. And so it's the, the value, the original value was like, the, the guy who had him originally was like $250 each. Uh, he lucked out on a Craigslist deal, but every sale after that has jumped by thousands and thousands every time they sold, so...
0: So I know yeah. what you're going to get to complete your sign collection. You're going to go to PRGE and buy that $5,000 knights sign.
1: <laughs> no, we already tried to do that. And that guy said, no. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, he said <laughs> that was a frustrating story because he was like, I was like, how much how much for that sign? And he's like, five grand, LOL. I'm like, OK. And then there's this like long pause. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, I mean, 10 grand. I'm like, OK, guy, I see how this is going to go.
1: Nice. Uh, Johnny, what did you collect? I bought a lot. This is the the most I've bought in a long time. So I don't want to. I don't think we need to litany down what I bought. But I bought like 50-ish Game Boy games. In box. Woo! Complete. Some Woo! nice ones.
0: All garbage. Howdy. Just all sports games. and Nope.
1: <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not really true. Really
0: nice stuff.
1: Yeah. So I did that. And then I I bought some GBA games that were sealed that I like that are good buys that I would recommend f- other people buy. They're like sweet games.
2: Are they first prints? They definitely
1: out. aren't. Um, <laughs> no, like I bought like Mr. Jiller, S D Gundam Force. I bought these games. Uh well, I got Kelowna. Uh cl- Klonoa. Klonoa. There's my words. Uh two on the GBA sealed. That's you can find that pretty much easily sealed. I also bought these games called CT Special Forces, which are like these cool kind of shooter games on the GBA. GBA is my favorite of all the handheld systems. I love to collect for them. Like original Game Boy is what I like to collect most. But if you ask what I have any nostalgia for, it's GBA, because that was my first handheld, which seems ridiculous because I was so old by the time the GBA came out. But I... I really liked that one. I didn't even get my, my wife had one girlfriend at the time and I bought her that like when it first came out, I didn't get one until they made the nest classic version of it. And then I was like, okay, that thing's pretty sweet. I'll buy that. So I have some nostalgia for that, but I also got like Mr. Driller too. You know, I bought some good, good GBA games, altered beast Gumby, you know, What's a a weird
0: thing I noticed about GBA recently is that a lot of like big games on GBA are worth more than their like original Nintendo versions. Well, Metroid (sighs) Zero Mission is worth like about what a Metroid is probably more than an average copy of Metroid and like Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance is worth more than Castlevania. Minish Cap is worth the same or more than Legend of Zelda.
1: Here's the thing. GBA is a weird, weird system. And I keep threatening to do the episode about GBA, but the way GBA like the way GBA games are priced right now versus when they actually sell, it's it's a wide disparity. And if you look at any like if you look at price charting or game value now, they totally have their prices wrong due to the infrequency of sale and the way like different versions of the game get sold. So, like, you'll see a game, it's like, this game is, like, $50 on, on GVN, but then you go look and you're like, why is this only listed for $150 anywhere? So there's some, like, undercurrent where a bunch of games in uh, GBA were decided, these are all 100 dollar games. We're going to go ahead and list them as such, even though they've never sold. Well, I mean, so I'm I don't talking know about how just games like,
0: like I'm bidding on. Like, I, I bought yeah, the two yeah. Metroids recently and I'm looking for Harmony of Dissonance.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, those are all good games. Those are games everyone should have in their collection. The Castlevania ones, sweet. Also, all those NES Classic ones, and their little black boxes, adorable. You should buy those.
0: No, you want Let's talk about the, the first edition of that series, the Famicom ones, which are way more adorable. I have those as well. Those are fantastic. Do you have, like, the
1: collector case for I them? Can you tell me
0: about the collector case yes. for them? I love that thing.
1: Yes, there's three of them. Oh, so good. Yeah. So uh, that's how much-
0: You were like shortchanging your Game Boy games. You got like uh, Accolade Centipede and Pyramids of I, Ra, like all these like really hard to find boxes.
1: I got some good ones. And uh, the one I posted today, which is Itchy and Scratchy, uh, Mini Golf Madness, which is amazing. It's got an amazing cover. Also, pretty hard to find. I also got some more on the way that haven't come. Also, kind of hard to find. Just like, here's the thing with any Game Boy game, though. It could be hard to find right now. It might not be on stupid eBay for three months, and then you're like, two of them just pop up. You're like, oh, there. I guess it's not that hard to find. Who knows? Oh, I also bought an In the Hunt uh, jewel case. So that's jewel case version. jewel case. The
0: rare print.
1: Well, let's, let's bring it back to our earlier conversation. I don't understand the world we live in where all the PlayStation jewel case games, which are the second, third, or fourth print, whatever, Not the first print being the more expensive version. And the long box ones, way, way less expensive than a lot of the weird jewel case versions. And that's, I think, solely based on supply. But if you look at condition for all these ones that had the stupid like paste on cases, you're never going to find nice ones of those of the long box game. So if you have nice mint ones of those, I think those will be the true premium getters of the, uh, of the future, if anyone ever gives a shit about those. But the PlayStation long boxes, no one cares about first prints there.
0: You're talking so, to a bunch of collectors who spend $500 on Siphon Filter 3. There's no rhyme or reason to what they will do.
1: You know, after we talk about that Siphon Filter 3, all of them sold on eBay.
0: I didn't even realize <laughs> there were any <ready> for sale.
1: <laughs> there was three. They're all gone now.
0: Oh. Good job, whoever was listening who got that. Take notes, we- everybody. Don't w- take
1: notes. That's awful. I <laughs> did, uh,
0: send us your notes,
1: <laughs> um, and we will publish them on our website.
0: I'm, I'm thinking of like stuff I was saying earlier in the episode, like buy 70 copies of Famicom Disk System Metroid and try to find the first print. Like someone's like, "Oh, I should go I should go do that."
1: I don't. I, wanted, I wanna I want to say people don't follow our advice that stringently, but they do sometimes. They surprise <laughs> me. You <laughs> listeners, you surprise me sometimes. I'm going to confess, I did not expect those siphon filters to go. I've just been watching the same three on eBay sit there forever. And I was like, one of these days, these guys are going to come down to reality. And I'm going to get this for the price I want. Now they're all gone. And now I'm just like, huh? maybe I should shut up. But I won't. That's not how I do things here. But uh, good on you if you got a copy. Post it on Instagram. Let me see it. Because I still haven't seen very good pictures of that.
0: I shut up because I know that it only takes one person to ruin something that I want.
1: I don't shut up. I'm always going to (laughs) say. Although I'm saying, like, people should buy. Yeah, buying PC games and Famicom games because no
0: one cares. Go buy seventy Metroids. See, I'll mention that because you know what? I already have Metroid. Because guess what? It's twenty bucks.
1: Well, you don't have seventy of them. Go do it, Tyler. Be the guy. Be the guy who does the thing. Hey, guess what? That's the end of the episode. No more. Yeah. Good idea. All right. Tyler, where can we find you? I'm default
2: gen everywhere. Instagram, Nintendo age, Go Collect, and YouTube. Stefan? I was just looking at how many copies of It's a Bird's Life for the 3DO there are on eBay right now. Uh, No, uh, (laughs) Uh, Archon 1981 on Instagram and YouTube and Nintendo Age. Also, want to take the opportunity to hype that we are going to be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo this year. And uh, not only can you see us, I don't think we have a table, right? Are we doing a table this year? Do I know? don't. Okay, so no table, but we'll be around. And also, um, I am doing a piece in the museum uh, about gameplay counselors and also a gameplay counselor panel this year. Uh, So we will definitely be in that room if you want to come hang out and watch the panel and talk to some people who used to answer phone calls for children and tell them where the third whistle in Mario 3 is. Um, So that's going to be awesome. Uh, And yeah, so... uh, Please join us at at Portland Retro Gaming Expo this year.
1: One day, Stefan, they're going to ask Collectors Quest to be there, but probably not because usually it's only like the big podcasts and YouTube guys because they all have way more eyes on them than us.
2: I think if we were aggressive about like when they start asking for panels, if we were aggressive about wanting a panel, they would probably we
1: probably do that. We could get at least 6 people there, I know it. Yeah, do we want a panel? I want a panel, that's the goal. That's It's oh, okay. one of my my private goals to one day do a panel.
0: I've been to a lot of cons with some unpopular panels
1: and I feel really bad for the panelists. Well, we can we can make that nightmare come true for you. That's right.
0: I feel like I wouldn't even attend our panel. I'd be like, "What? It, this is the floor the vendor floor just opened. I'm not going to collector's quest. I got to go find some sticker seals." Wait a minute, you wouldn't attend our panel? <laughs> Well, if I was the, the theoretical listener of the uh, show, depending okay. on the I, time, you know, what if we get stuck on like Sunday morning? Well,
1: Sunday morning, most of the stuff is sold out. You want to, at that point, you're just waiting around. You're just hovering tables, hoping to get the end of day deals.
0: Uh, spoilers deals. from my one experience at a real retro show. Everything is sold out an hour before the floor
1: <laughs> opens. Yep. That's why I was going to say, even if it was day one, you would have been in there on your vendor pass and bought what you wanted already anyways. Congrats, you can still do the show. You can have it all.
0: All right, Johnny, end it so there's less editing for me because you guys feel bad for me.
1: Okay, I don't feel bad for you. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, thanks to my two co-hosts for always joining me and doing a nice job. And it's a nice short episode. My wife is going to be so happy that I'm not up here for nine hours. And Ada's going to be so happy that she can go play Divinity. And Piper's going to be happy to see you too, Stefan.
2: Johnny, I don't think you said where they can find you, did you?
1: Uh, They know where they can find me. I'm Johnny underscore Iucci. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. All right, everybody. Have a nice night. Bye.